Everybody, welcome into Dollar Boys Podcast. Joining me as always is John. This is Owen. How's it going, John? Hey, hey, I'm I'm doing all right. But uh, here's the thing: we're not we're not alone this week. That is true. We are we are joined by a uh, a content creator who I've gotten into fairly recently. Somebody who is producing some pretty fantastic content, largely around boomer shooters and related uh games of that type it's uh ruby ranger is here with us this hey, week. kids dad here how's it going <laughs> how, how are you doing how are you feeling you good? I'm doing pretty well you pumped you psyched i am i am pumped i am very psyched i'm 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 always psyched to be able to talk about quake uh or oh did we get into that already am i, <laughs> yeah. am I burying the lead have i we fucked know, this up already people can read the title of the episode yeah. that we're gonna be well, they can't quake. people don't read anymore don't <laughs> we're talking about the quake franchise this week probably uh probably my one of my favorite game franchises of all time same like, here absolutely it's up there top three easily for me it's it's like mass effect rock band quake Ooh, mass effect good choice yeah everyone loves mass effect i think I've yet to it's meet true. somebody who didn't like Mass Effect who has actually played it. Well, yes, well stated. I think well stated. Yes, but anyways, yes. Maybe we're people about just read about the ending of three, and then they're like, "Oh, this game probably sucks. I don't want to play it." I uh. I know we're going off on a tangent here about Mass Effect, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for this for a second. The ending of three is one of those things where, like, yeah, it isn't great, but why would you allow? one percent that is not great ruin 99 percent that is absolutely spectacular fan, a, a great observation and i'm controversially i'm actually a fan of the original ending i thought it was very 1970s sci-fi uh obfuscated no real answer just like here's the thing go in and then you you don't get a clear answer as to how it all ends which unfortunately a, a lot of the player base did not want to have they wanted yeah. all everything tied together but you're right why let that very end it's about it's about the journey it's not about the ending like yeah. the ending can suck the ending can be great but if the journey along the way is spectacular then does the ending really gonna make or break it for you hit the nail on the head with that but we should probably like shift over to the to the actual topic of today's episode today's uh, topic so yes we are talking about the quake series which is something that uh all all three of us have like a, a pretty storied history with i'm fairly certain uh which very long should... very very long standing i would say is is the word i would use to describe it yeah maybe maybe we should start with that maybe we should maybe we should go over like everybody's history actually with the game yeah, let's go ranger why don't we why don't we start with you you know you're the guest you can go first tell us like when did you first play quake like which game did you play the most all that sort of good information all right well uh i played the first quake Right when it came out in 1996, um, a buddy of mine, uh, he had a com he had a really great computer setup. His parent, he was an only child, so you know, only child, spoiled child. He had a really great computer setup, and uh, my parents were more on the strict conservative side of things, so I didn't get to play a lot of these classic first person shooters at home. I had to outsource to resources to people I knew who had these things. And so I went over to a friend of mine's because I'd been following the development of Quake for a while. No, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Hold on. I, the cat wants me to let him out of the room. Hang on two seconds. This will 
<laughs> we got we got a cat pause here for a second. That's why I can't uh, record at home because the dogs will make the an incredible amount of noise and bug me the entire time. That cat at first would not leave me alone until I let her in the room. And now now she needs to get out. But I played it on my buddy's computer and I'd been following the game because, you know, I'd played Wolfenstein, I'd played Doom and everything about this looked like it was going to be the next big thing. And I remember distinctly booting it up and seeing that intro, the, the demo reel of the game, the gameplay. My buddy, he didn't have a copy of the CD, so he just had the shareware version. So there's no music. So for the longest time, for me, my experience with Quake was just the kind of deafening silence, followed by the moaning and groaning of the monsters, the pinging sound of the grenades bouncing off of the walls, the da 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 of the nail gun. And I, I, I played it like that literally for decades. It, only, it honestly wasn't up until a couple of years ago where I finally sat down and played the whole thing from beginning to end with Trent Reznor's score in the background. And it is remarkable what a huge difference that makes. Like, I, I really I really feel like everyone should play Quake all the way through both ways, no music on, and then with the music in the background. And just feel that, like, like the incredible difference, like how oppressive that yeah. soundtrack is. Or you could do what I did. Uh, so we'll get into my history here in a little bit, but on that note of the music, when I played Quake, I didn't have the disc either, uh, because it was his copy of Quake. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you'd play the game and if you didn't have the disc, you wouldn't get the music. But if you, I actually discovered that if you put in another CD, it would play the music from the CD. Yes. Uh, the only CD that I had as a young child, cause I was, you know, six, seven years old when the game came out. Mm. Uh, was the soundtrack for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. No. So that's beautiful. I, in oh my, my head, I have like a definitive link between uh, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, and E1M8. Like, oh, that's I have very incredible. clear memories of that. And that <laughs> neural pathway will never go away. No. You're going to have that when for I hear, all time. When I hear that song, I always think about running around. Uh, I think the first boss is called Chathon. Yes. Uh, running around his like boss area, hitting the switches to like trigger the lightning bolts and everything. I really need to face down a shambler with Dahudores in the background now yes. because that's that just feels like an experience that needs to happen. Holy shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, continue well, with your history. And speaking and, and speaking of that, so like Quake, I went in um, and I, I, I started playing Quake back in 96 and it was just a revelation for me. It was just a huge revelation of what not just what first person shooters could do but what gaming could do um so when quake 2 came out um that was actually the reason why i built my first computer with high-end graphics capability was for quake 2 the same buddy who i got to play quake 1 with he helped me build the computer and i ended up playing quake 2 the same way with no soundtrack because he got me a pirated copy of Quake 2, so I never owned the disc. Like it, it took me years before I finally went out and bought a copy of the disc, and then I finally played the game with the soundtrack, which is an amazing soundtrack. The Sonic it Mayhem has its, like kills it with that. Absolutely. I, I, I do in some places feel like the soundtrack doesn't fit aspects of the game where you're like in slower parts 
um you're running around and there's nothing to fight and it's just like big gun is playing in the background it's like we could slow this down just a little bit but like on its whole regardless of the game even if you just separate it from the game fucking killed it the whole soundtrack <laughs> is incredible i did i did appreciate you asking like which one we might have played the most of i think i played quake 3 the most that I was a lot of sense. obsessed with Quake 3. I could I could see that. Like, you know, I played quite a bit of Quake 3 as well, which, again, we'll get into in a second. But mm-hmm. I I could see someone if you're like if you were really heavy into the multiplayer, it mm-hmm. would be real easy to rack up the hours on that. Oh, easy. So easy. And and I didn't even have like the greatest of Internet connections. So I didn't even play that much directly online against human components. It was just the skirmish mode. You know, f- uh, loading up a level and then racking up a bunch of bots and then turning up the difficulty and then going to town, you know, setting like uh, no score cap, just like a five minute timer. Like how many what how many kills can you get? How many frags can you get in the midst of that? Like I, I played I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the, the Quake game that I played the most of. Do um, you count Quake I, Live in that? Uh because like it seems like different people consider like do, do you consider Quake Live a separate game? Is it just Quake Three? Like what is the? I absolutely do consider it a separate game. Quake Live is completely a separate game. It incorporates elements of both Quake Three and Team Arena, but it's also got its own aspects of it. Um, it almost feels I don't I I don't know how people might feel about this, but it feels kind of like a bastardization of Quake Three. It, it feels like uh, it was designed to run in Internet Explorer. It was a it's web true. browser game. So it kind of was toned down and, and dumbed down in certain ways, in certain aspects. See, I always I always considered Quake Live. I feel like we're, we're cutting Owen out of this discussion because I don't think he has any experience <laughs> with Quake Live at all. I played but, uh, a little bit of Quake Live. Yeah, nah, I didn't get super into it, though, especially in comparison mm-hmm. to the original Quake 3. I always I always look at Quake Live. The same way that I look at like Super Street Fighter, sure. Where it's like you had the base game, and then you have this other version of the game that has like some additional stuff added in. Sure. Okay. Is it a completely separate game? Is up for debate. It really is, and like that. Yeah, boy, oh boy, that is that that can lead to splitting a lot of hairs. There's a whole there's a whole can of worms there that we don't necessarily need to get into. But no, no, no. after Quake Three, obviously there was Quake Four. What was your what was your opinion on Quake Four? So Quake Four, wow! I have a story on that one when it first came out. So I, the, the Quake Four was the second game where I literally built a computer to be able to play the game. Like I kind of skipped over Doom Three at the time because my computer just wasn't able to run those graphics. But a new Quake coming out, I have to have that. I have to have the ability to play that game. So I did I did the research, you know, I bought the computer, I bought the graphics card, I did all that. Quake 4 comes out, it drops, I load it into my computer, install it, boot up the game, and everything is green. I'm I'm playing the game, the game is running fine, but everything is green. And at first I'm like, okay, this is maybe maybe they're doing a thing, maybe this switches into full color, maybe I missed a setting somewhere, and I tried playing the game and I was just like, why is this happening? And I went and I looked at the specs on the box. I had bought the wrong graphics card. Oof. That's that's tragic. It was it was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. That is wrong. I, I tried I tried for so long to play it, even just in that like 
green color scheme and i just couldn't do it so i eventually came back around to the game uh, years later got it through steam and i played it and i was horribly bored by it Hmm. it's it is an intensely difficult game to get into i think if you're a quake fan i think if you're a raven fan it might be a gentler introduction as far as moving to the strogification part like after the strogification part and a lot of people I've spoken to agree on this. It feels more like a Quake game after that. Yeah. But Quake 4 is, um, is, is up there with Alien Resurrection for me. It's the weird fourth entry where they're trying to do something very specific and it isn't always working, even though all the components of it feel like it should be coming together just right. See, I think I think that comparison is an insult to Quake 4. Because really, I thought, it was, I thought it was spot on. I think that's a spot on comparison. You know, as somebody who pays attention to the Quake community, I feel like I am certainly an outlier because I actually quite like Quake Four. I've grown to like it. Don't get me wrong; like I've, I've, I've grown to like it. I've played it multiple times through, and I have a deep fascination with it. Um, and I've grown to like it, so I appreciate it what it is now. But it took a lot of doing, and like I, I, I also have the same appreciation and fascination with Quake 4 as I do with Alien Resurrection. So maybe that's not the highest compliment. It depends on your take on Alien Resurrection. I hate Alien Resurrection with a burning... Alien Resurrection is not a good movie, but the first bit of it makes you go, oh, maybe this isn't as bad as I remember it. And then about a half hour in, it's like, never mind. It is. It's You just got to accept the fact that it's weird and french and fucking just not like the other movies it's also very joss whedon it's very joss whedon like oof boy oh boy was he trying out his (laughs) firefly pants with that one see that's why i thought it was a perfect a perfect comparison because it has all the components like it should work together really 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 well but then in execution it just doesn't it just doesn't quite make it there and there's something kind of charming about Alien Resurrection, in my opinion, mm-hmm. despite it being the weakest of the of the four films by a pretty wide margin, in my opinion. For sure. Where the where the comparison, though, kind of falls apart in my eyes. And obviously, like it, it I didn't expect it to be a perfect comparison. So then the thing that to me is like this is this is why this is an insult to Quake 4 is that Quake 4 doesn't make Quake 2 or Quake 3 less good, whereas the existence of Quake of Alien Resurrection makes Alien 3 less good. No, not in the slightest. Um, I, dis- I disagree with that. Um, Alien 3 is the best of the Alien movies, and I don't think anything can diminish that. <laughs> That's an opinion I've never heard from it's anyone. It's the best Alien movie. It is bleak. It is nihilistic. It is exactly how that situation would play out with a group of prisoners and this woman who has literally been to hell and back and they are staring death in the face and there is literally no way out and it is just nihilistic and existential and just fucking it is the serial killer movie to end all serial killer movies and it caps off the trilogy perfectly Everyone dies. One person is left alive. It is ju- it is an excellent. The assembly cut with the restored footage is even better. It's 
so good. I mean, I guess I, I can at least I can respect that opinion. It just catches you off guard because I've never heard anyone say that Alien 3 is the best of them. I know um, I do. I do. I do get sideways glances when I say that. And I'm like, I, I, I understand. I get it, guys. But so just hear me out. My favorite movie of all time is actually Aliens. That is that is my Ooh. favorite of all time. Um, it's at that. And, I, you know, me saying Alien 3 is I think it's the best one. It's definitely not casting shade on Aliens because I don't well, know yeah, how many no. times I've seen that movie. I quote it back to front. It's such a great fucking movie. I have always argued that Alien 3 is is much better than a lot of people give it credit for. I, I feel like there's there there are issues with the film just on like a structural standpoint mm-hmm. um, that keep it from being necessarily like a good movie to me. But I do consider it. I have referred to it in the past as the worst of the best. Okay. Because it is the, in my opinion, it is of the like alien films. There's it. There's a hard dividing line between what is good alien and what is bad alien. And mm-hmm. alien three is the worst of the good part, in my opinion. Okay. 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 I, and, and that I can totally do I need to break down Absolutely. which ones I think are good and bad. I don't, we don't think need you to do. talk about Prometheus. I, I, I think anything it, I after three. <laughs> Prometheus is, is a great B movie. Prometheus is great as a standalone. If it a hundred percent, if it was not at all tied to Alien, I think that a lot more people would have a higher opinion of it. Yeah, just like Quake Four. If Quake Four wasn't a Quake game, I think a lot more people would enjoy it. I appreciate that tie back into the topic I was about to do. I I I, I love. I love circling it back. I mean, as a boom, as as someone who uh, you know is a big fan of boomer shooters, I expect that circle strafing is uh, a skill of yours. Yes, and to make another connection, the first time I ever showed my friends what circle strafing was in a shooter was in Alien versus Predator, and they literally could not believe their eyes. They saw me circle strafe against a xenomorph, and they were like, "What the fuck did you just do?" One of these, one of these moment. days. I think we I think I need to do a podcast episode. Maybe I'll ask you back for it about the Alien versus Predator games. Oh, I would love to. That would be great. So many hours into AVP 2 and yeah. and about how Alien versus Predator 2 is one of the great gaming tragedies. Cuz the fact that that Ooh. game is not available anywhere is yeah. a crime against humanity. Uh, yeah, 100%. So much of Monolith's uh back catalog being missing, no one lives forever. Even oh. Blood 2, like the fact that you can't get these games anywhere is a tragedy. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, okay, Quake Champions. What are your thoughts on Quake Champions? I am at peace with that game. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> I, I, um, I did a video on that, and um, it's, it's not a game that I, as a Quake fan, wanted. Because I feel like they lost the plot and they tried to make a hero shooter versus an arena shooter the there's there's just so much about that game that feels off the weapons don't feel very effective but then they feel really effective when they're being used against me yeah um the the movement and control scheme is very um it's very different than in the other games where like this one is based on momentum like you're there you can literally see like you have to build up speed and then you slow down speed. You can't you're not just it like feels oddly like slidey, very slidey, very oddly slidey. Um, I really don't like the the weapon designs in the game, like the base weapon designs, which that could be motivation for people to spend money on microtransactions say, and get different weapon skins. Like to me, because I'm somebody who I bought the game 
at launch, like I I did the whole like pre order the ultimate edition, mm-hmm. like whatever. I got mm-hmm. all the characters and everything. I got in on the beta. I was yeah, I was a little bit too. Um, so like most of the guns that I use, I have like Quake One skins for. <laughs> oh yeah, same. <laughs> well, Bethesda always wanted like a live service game like that, hence yeah. Fallout seventy six existence, that game existing at all. Mm-hmm. And um, John Carpenter really loves that game, by the way. That's Fallout seventy six. So... Yeah, he loves Fallout. Or Quake Champions. Because, like, every, like, John Carpenter doesn't tweet a lot, but every once in a while he'll tweet, and I will say, like, about 50% of the time, if he's tweeting, he's tweeting something about Fallout 76. That's hilarious to me. Yeah, Quake Champions is is a game that for a long time, I would boot it up, try and play a match or two, get really, really frustrated, and uninstall it immediately. And then I would come back and I'd install it again because it's like, this is my favorite franchise in gaming. This is the franchise that has affected me most personally um, as a gamer, as a human, as someone who interacts with media. And this is the latest installment of the franchise. So my brain is like, even if I don't like this as a Quake game, this is still a Quake game. I need to see if I can crack the code. So I I have reached a bit of Zen acceptance. And I think I've kind of started to enjoy the game for what it is. And I've stopped trying to understand why I don't feel good about the game. And I just go in and I've, I've been trying to play it more. Like I've made an active conscious decision to just play it instead of try to enjoy it. And I've been doing okay with it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm at peace with the game. I under I understand that this is this is not for me. This doesn't even feel necessarily like a Quake game, which is so weird to say because it's coming from some alumni of the Quake series. Even it just it just lost the plot. Yeah. It is what it is, but it lost the plot for me. I think lost the plot is is exactly correct because if you look at you know the other big franchises that they work with like Wolfenstein and Doom and such like they know what they're doing with those games yeah and they have no idea what they're doing with Quake anymore and I think that's really disappointing that's I I almost mm -hmm. feel like they need to hand off Quake to machine games I would agree with that and I and like it has been doing so well with Doom recently and you know for them to like really do a hard pivot and go back to like Quake might not be even in their best interest. Like the gamers, you know, um, so many people I know are like, when do we get a continuation of the first quake? When do we get to see more of that story? Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think that machine games turning over to them, I think that might be the way to go. It worked for Wolfenstein. I mean, I think that that's the thing is that it, it has been doing like crazy well with Doom. But I think that that is largely down to Mar- Marty Stratton, Hugo Martin. Like they mm-hmm. they know where to go with Doom. But without that sort of guiding hand with something like Quake, I don't think that it is in a space where they're going to really be able to do Quake quite right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do think the machine games could could do a great job with it, especially because, I mean, you know, the work that they did on like Call of the Machine and things of that nature, like was, oh, yeah. was just showed that they understand at the very least, like the design language of like original yes. Quake that they yes. that if they took it over, I would have faith that it would go well. Although that being said, a new Colossus and Wolfenstein Youngblood weren't exactly great A winners. 
Um, so that makes mm-hmm. me a little bit hesitant, but I still think that out of everybody who could do it, although now that uh, now that Microsoft owns Activision, maybe give it to Raven, get Raven out of the Call of Duty mines and let them let them. Have I mean, you know, or you know, with them. with all literally all the years that they've spent in Call of Duty, like if anybody was going to revitalize Quake and really throw in some like really heavy duty shooter mechanics and make a multiplayer aspect of it that uh even rivaled the campaign as well raven would do it raven would be able to make that happen and plus like raven well, seems like raven has the pedigree at least he used to multiplayer is probably the destiny of quake at this point mm-hmm. considering that they already have you know the very single player focused franchise in doom that everybody loves and then wolfenstein to a lesser extent mm-hmm. and I do think most people, like you, Ruby, you just said that Quake 3 was probably the one that you played most. And I think that's people in our age bracket. That's probably most people's experience as well. Sure. So if they could find a way to revive it in a really cool non-Quake Champions multiplayer game, yeah. then uh, you might have something there. I do, I do think it would be really silly for whoever picks up the reins to not do a single player campaign, though. Yeah, because there is such there is such a vocal outcry. Give me, give me, give me a new campaign. I want a new campaign because we all we were we remember the first Quake, Quake Two, even Quake Four has a really like you know, regardless of how you feel on it, it has a strong campaign, a beginning and end, a full arc. So it's it's the campaigns of Quake were really like what we grew up with and the multiplayer components of it were like the cherry on top um i think that we could get a really good for lack of a better non-blasphemous use a really good call of duty style quake game where it is a very dedicated campaign that you can play through but then there's also the the focus on a strong multiplayer component as well everybody's going to play the multiplayer but we're also going to have a focus on a campaign for all the gamers who want that too i think that's i think it would be silly for them to not do that but i do hear you i think quake has always been so largely associated with multiplayer that you're I do agree that Quake's future is going to lie in that. Yeah, whereas like, you know, the Doom series with Doom 2016, it had multiplayer, but like who played that? And then right. Doom Eternal just like it had like the the, you know, asymmetrical multiplayer, but again, nobody played it. There was no traditional deathmatch to it. So, right. Well, I, I nobody played it because it was bad. Well, I had I had a little bit of fun with it. I played a few. I tried games. I tried so hard, but I felt like the um the the game mechanics, the movement shooter aspects of the campaign, the single player, didn't really translate well into that into that multiplayer. I mean, element. yeah, it wasn't ideal, but it was you know, it was fun at the very least. Which is kind of how I feel about Quake Champions. Mm. I played the crap out of Quake Champions when it launched. Like I even I even got in some games with like people like Fatality and stuff like that because oh wow everybody was just going nuts around the launch all the all the like old pros were coming back and stuff and so it was really fun to like hop into games and like oh i'm i'm playing with ogre and i'm playing with fatality and like you just wind up in matches <laughs> you see elon musk out there too <laughs> oh god yeah he he tweeted like oh and i don't know if you saw this but like elon tweeted he basically talking shit saying that like he could that he was like a really good quake player and like that he oh, could no. like, run with the best of us. So like I, I do think that a whole bunch of people in the boomer shooter community need to get together and just like mop the floor with Elon. 
I don't I don't know if you saw, but uh, Dave Oshry uh, quote yeah. tweeted him and was like, one V one me then let's go. Yeah. And let's I, do this. Let's go. To Quake would, Con. I would pay money to watch. That Absolutely. Match. I'm flying to Texas right now. I'm getting in line. <laughs> that would be spectacular. I think, although you know how Elon is. He, he, he talks shit and then never shows up. His mother wouldn't let him. We yeah, all know it's, it's a whole thing, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no, like when Quake Champions launched, it was a ton of fun, but the crack showed very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I stopped playing it like after maybe three or four days. I was kind of like, I'm done now and I Mm -hmm, put it away mm -hmm. and I go back to it every, you know, year or so just kind of like, oh, you know, I'll try like whatever new stuff they got going on. And, you know, they kind of stopped releasing new stuff after a year or two. Um, It's true. Yeah, but. You know, it's still it's it's fun for short bursts, but I was somebody who around the time of Quake 3, I did like compete in some like online tournaments and went to went to a couple in person because that was during the days of World Series of video games and MLG and all that stuff. We're doing all that. Never went anywhere with it. I was good, but not that good. I even tried Quake 4 multiplayer, which uh, was kind of ass. Really? I will just say that there's there's a reason why around that time all of the big Quake players moved on to other games like Painkiller and even Alien oh. vs. Predator 2. Like people were playing other games because Yeah, I never got to try any of Quake 4's multiplayer. The most I've ever interacted with it is just reading on, you know, reading on like Wikipedia and different websites like people criticizing it for feeling too much like quake three like not advancing the multiplayer was, components enough but but like here's the thing is that it didn't just feel like quake three it was like diet quake three like there was just like it it felt it was like somebody had played quake three maybe like a couple of times and so they're like yeah i, I can make that game and just like it wound up being very hollow and just didn't didn't quite flow right um at that point in in time, Quake Four came out like barely a year after Halo Two. Yeah, and considering the popularity of the Halo franchise and the multiplayer aspect of Halo, and consoles now being like added to the multiplayer game, you know, party so to speak, it just sort mm-hmm. of like at that point in time, everything was trying to be the next Halo and yep. emulate that style, which is completely different than what you got. Yeah. from any quake game and so i feel like it just kind of i don't know maybe it just left it was just a relic of the past almost with where multiplayer shooters were going well and mm-hmm. that and that might have also been a part of the multiplayer downfall because like it was it was an xbox 360 launch title i remember um, that and so i wonder how much of the multiplayer being the way it was was them trying to like adapt it to be able to be to work on a in a console setting Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were there were a lot of games around that time. A lot of those shooters that were trying to adapt to the burgeoning popularity of console shooters. Like, uh, I mean, we'd seen plenty of console shooters before Halo really burst onto the scene. But Halo was what made everyone sit up and go, "Oh, we can! I can! I can do this on an Xbox. I can do this on a PlayStation." Well, I mean, and, like um, after after Halo and Halo Two, how many games? came out that were like basically marketed it as like a quote-unquote halo killer you know like oh yeah was, so many that was kill zone's entire thing like kill zone right. came i was so out excited on for kill zone 
because I didn't have an Xbox. And yeah, I really, and it was, I was and really it was, excited for like a Halo S game, and it, was it really decent. wasn't that. that. It was, was pretty good, but it wasn't. It, was, it wasn't it was, what I wanted. It was decent. It was. It was no Halo killer, right? But like, so many games came out at that time to being kind of marketed as a Halo killer, and while I never remember explicitly hearing anybody refer to Quake Four as a Halo killer, I would not be surprised if that was at least an aspect of it. Sure, I'm sure someone somewhere somehow thought, "Oh yeah, Quake, that'll that'll knock Halo down a peg or two or something like that." I mean, in fairness, if any franchise could logically you would think that quake would be the one that would be able to because like yeah that is like quake and unreal are the the kings of arena shooters mm-hmm. and so you know if they come along and i mean like unreal 3 on the playstation 3 and the xbox that was one where like they're like yeah no halo 3 what we've got unreal 3 and it's like no nah, it didn't work you can't you no. can't upset Master Chief like that. It's not as simple as everyone thinks that it was going to be. No, and and those were still like PC games being adapted to consoles versus like Halo was a console game first and foremost. So part of that, you know, picking up those threads, I think a lot of those games trying to compete with Halo were were failing because they were these PC games that were being adapted to a different media. Yeah. And then but Halo, like you can't compete with with an original, with something that's literally made to be played on a console like that. You can't compete against that with an adaptation trying to like, OK, well, let's rearrange the systems. It's completely different flows. Going from mouse and keyboard to a controller is such a different experience. I remember way back when we played Halo 3 all the time, John, you hooked up a mouse and keyboard to your xbox and you thought it was so cool which it was but also you weren't very good at halo with a mouse and keyboard because just the way they designed the game is meant to play with a controller and it didn't it didn't feel right i think part of the you know the hallmark of a quote-unquote boomer shooter is that it's meant to be played with a mouse and a keyboard it's, it's very fast twitch very like you mm-hmm. need to be you need to be quick on your feet. You need to be because you're moving you're moving your whole wrist around your whole hand to move a mm-hmm. mouse. But for the joystick, it's just your thumb. It's way less precise and mm-hmm. it's not as fast. And oh, so boy, yeah, like, we, like you said, if you're into this argument, <laughs> we're gonna piss <laughs> off everybody listening. Controller versus mouse. I mean, um, it depends on the game. Like, if I'm playing Quake Three, give me a mouse and keyboard. If I'm playing Halo Three, I want a controller. Even so much it's, that when we played like the Master Chief Collection not that long ago, Owen, you played with a controller, didn't you? Like we were playing. I did yeah, PC I couldn't. You were playing with a controller. Yeah, yeah. I was I, just I, gonna I, say I, I um did a bunch of deathmatch with some people in my Discord on Master Chief Collection, and I'm you know I'm keyboard mousing it because I'm thinking you know it's on the PC I should be doing that, and everyone else has got their controllers plugged into their PCs, and they're like, dude, just just plug in your controller, it'll just be easier. It's and I did, and it was remarkable because it just it like you said it's it's designed for a controller so you know oh and i think you're i think you're right i think it depends on the game some games it's meant for the controller some games it's it's meant for the uh, mouse and keyboard i will say that i've adapted to the master chief collection being mouse and keyboard um mm-hmm. just because like spending a lot of time going through the campaigns and everything playing mouse and keyboard i feel like i'm i'm pretty much on par at this point but it has yeah. been an uphill battle to get to that point 
Whereas I right. could have just, I mean, I have an Xbox controller literally sitting right there. I don't know why I, mm-hmm. I refuse to use it. It's it's my that very it's old part of my brain. You're a boomer. Boo. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing is that it, it's this very this very old part of my brain that's like first person shooter should be played with mouse and keyboard. The fuck scrubs playing with a controller, and it's like no, that's not it's not the reality of the situation. Some games just work better. Um, it's true. I mean, I'm with you in that. that even the PC releases of call of duty feel better with a controller. Oh, oh, oh I hate that. Oh, see, I'm very stubborn. Be, um, and I'm going to like mouse and keyboard it like regardless, like it might feel better with the, with the controller, but I'm going to mouse and keyboard it. Cause there was that period of time uh, between 2009-2013 when a lot of these games, a lot of these first-person shooters were being made uh, console first, and I didn't have um, a very powerful desktop during that period. Like I didn't get an, uh, a desktop that could play games with decent graphics at a decent frame rate until about 2013 – was my brothers and I, we all wanted to play Grand Theft Auto online together. So that was like, okay, we're going to upgrade. Let's do it. But I played uh, Bioshock and Rage and Borderlands on PlayStation 3 with a controller. So I spent such a long time playing first-person shooters with a controller because I didn't have the option to not do so that nowadays I'm like, okay – as you said, some of these games do feel better with the controller, but like if I've got the option to do mouse and keyboard, that's where I'm going because I I I couldn't for a while. So now I'm like I no I have to like I I gotta this is my comfort zone. This is what I'm gonna do, even if I'm not doing as well as everyone else. Like I remember the period of time when I literally didn't even have the option. We're both just boomers. Like we can just, we'll admit it. We'll. I, it. I prefer the term "elder millennial." <laughs> that I mean, well, here's probably more. Here's accurate. a question <laughs> for the two of you because I think you're much more well versed in the sort of modern boomer shooter game releases and culture and stuff like that. So, for someone who's unfamiliar with the term, what actually makes a shooter a quote unquote boomer shooter shooter in comparison to say a Call of Duty game or a Halo game or anything else that comes out. So are we talking just like uh, strictly game mechanics, like game feel? Like, is that kind of what we, what yeah, we nail like, that down on? Like what would um, someone looking at a boomer shooter like notice first? Like, how is this different? I think I would say um, speed is a big yeah, part of it. Speed. But not even necessarily speed, because a lot of the older boomer shooters weren't necessarily speed oriented. Yeah, but they're still faster so, than something like a Call of Duty or definitely, even a Halo. Definitely. Halo Halo rides the line sometimes. Like, I was going to say that I would argue that the first Halo is uh, in the boomer shooter category just barely, whereas Halo 2 is when it fully transforms into – um more of a console shooter like whatever you want I, I i don't even know if we have a definition for like the call of duty style regenerating health like is there is, is there like a... i think that's just considered like military shooters i think is often okay. what they're referred to i would argue i would argue honestly i think the i would not go so far as to say that the halo series are all boomer shooters but i definitely mm-hmm. feel like they are boomer shooter adjacent 
Like they're sure. the entire series is right on the line just because yeah. it is a lot more. Cause to me, a boomer shooter is something that is, there's an emphasis put on just movement in general. Cause even yeah. like, you know, the original doom is, is a slower game, but mm-hmm. the, one of the key gameplay like tenets like as far as design and everything is giving the player room to move, giving the player room to dodge and dip and, you know, weave through shots and things like that. It's very much a movement based kind of thing. And, you know, that can range from, as I said, doom, which is relatively slower all the way to something like, you know, dusk where you're doing like fucking backflips and shit, you know, like there's a range in there, but it's still, it's very much, it is movement focused. Movement is a, key gameplay mechanic yeah i'll i i thoroughly agree with that um i think outside of that i think the mechanics of uh picking up ammo picking up health packs no not no health regeneration i think i think health regeneration is one of the sticking points for me that separates the classifications like boomer shooters you pick up health packs you pick up armor that's why i you know like yeah i think the first halo still kind of counts in there as like a boomer shooter because like you do have to pick up health like your shields regenerate but you have to pick up health packs to me that is definitely that is the dividing line and that is why i don't consider the halo series full boomer is because they have the regenerating health but i would argue that almost every other aspect of the gameplay of halo would qualify as a boomer shooter except for that element mm-hmm. and that element sure. is a disqualifying element yeah yeah agreed um well, it's, just, and, uh, it's, one of it's the things... a very it's very like old school design philosophy to boomer shooters as well mm-hmm. one of the things i always notice in in a multiplayer setting and this is kind of like you know halo being right on the line is that for something like a call of duty you have your loadouts and there's really no weapons or ammo to be found on the map Mm -hmm. if you want a different weapon you got to kill a guy and you got to take it from him but for halo or like a quake 3 or quake champions if you wanted like there's weapons on the map yeah you can know exactly okay like this gun is here i can go get it and then i have a big Mm -hmm. power spike because i found the energy sword or something like that and if you're Um, a particularly high level player you'll even like be able to keep track of like respawn rates and things of that nature on the weapons it's a whole it's a whole thing. I yeah, I definitely I think that when it comes to multiplayer, that is also a pretty major element of boomer shooters. Mm-hmm. Although it is worth pointing out that I've re- I've noticed that modern boomer shooters, like the ones that are being released by a lot of like the the indie groups like New Blood and things of this nature, multiplayer isn't even really a component. No. It's funny. It's it's actually really funny, like which is because boomer shooters like boomer shooters, arena shooters, you know, they go hand in hand. They're like they're cut from the same cloth. They have the same like Mm -hmm. uh, genealogy. So it's kind of funny to see like, you know, there's no multiplayer dusk. There's no multiplayer, you know, a medieval. There's no multiplayer project warlock. There's no multiplayer. It's funny because dusk had a multiplayer component. They had the dusk world servers. Yeah. But no one was ever on there. Um, I even tried to hop on uh, once or twice and was just empty. People like I'd play, I think, I'd play some multiplayer dusk. That sounds like a good I point. would happily play some multiplayer dusk. Maybe we'll uh, have to see theory, if we can get it going. Yeah, we should. <laughs> uh, my my theory on that is that for so long there was such a push for the 
online only arena shooter, multiplayer, multiplayer. So like all of the games that would be going towards that boomer shooter audience were also multiplayer focused that there was kind of like a lack of good campaigns. Um, you know, we had our team fortress, we had our overwatch, we had any number apex legends, like any number of like multiplayer focused shooters. So then you get these, uh, indie developers coming in and they're making games based on the games that they played, the old boomer shooters, the old retro shooters, and they had all those campaigns. So we're out here, we're thirsting, we're hungering, like it's all only multiplayer, but we're not getting that drip feed. So then here comes all of these fantastic developers making these games just like we were playing when we were teenagers. And it's like, it's beautiful. It's all single player campaigns and it's exhaustive and it's these wonderful worlds and it's a focus on the action and the movement, which I think is why Ultra Kill became such a big deal because you you can't really put that kind of fine tuned movement into a multiplayer game. Like I'm sure that there's ways to do it, but not in that kind of like devil may cry esque sort of we're chaining attacks, we're parrying attacks, we're doing all this crazy shit like they do in ultra kill. And I think, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's why. We see all of those single player campaigns and why people are just fucking eating it up. Well, and there's also there is also the 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 aging elephant in the room, um, because like, again, these games are referred to as boomer shooters for a reason. Their primary yeah. audience are people like us, you know, people who grew yeah. up with we grew up with Quake. We're getting older. Our reaction times aren't as fast as they used to be. Um, you know, I mentioned getting into some games with Fatality when quake champions launched you Mm -hmm. i could tell that he was slower and like every all all the pros these days all the old like quake pros they're slower they can't keep up with the game quite in the same way that they used to so i wonder how much of how much of the fact that like boomer shooters aren't coming with multiplayer elements these days how much of that is just the fact that the audience is older and they aren't going to be able to handle the gameplay in the same way that they would have when they were you know teenagers or even younger you know that's a fairly good point like i've never even personally been that great in a multiplayer aspect like i when i'm playing deathmatch it's like am i having fun great i'm never gonna be in the top three like if i'm if i'm playing quake champions and i look and i see that i'm the best on my team i'm like oh fuck we suck (laughs) (laughs) there's I, i i find that i am competitive depending upon the game um sure quake champions i'm not competitive at all but if you throw me into a match of quake three how infrequently oh, that gets to happen uh yeah then i get kind of competitive just the same as if i'm playing halo because i used to be really oh, we were halo crazy competitive yeah. at halo i i and um, i still get that competitive streak where i still like kind of beat myself up if we're losing really bad mm-hmm well, I, I, I think Halo the, Infinite, if I'm playing Master Chief Collection, the lack of multiplayer for a lot of indie shooters is a couple things. I didn't think about the age thing because I don't like to think about my age. So thank you for that. 
but <laughs> I think in the grave. Half-Life yeah. turned 25 on Sunday. Uh, why do you got to do that to me? Man? <laughs> Come on. And stay, just stay hydrated, kids. Just keep keep water flowing through your system and you'll be all right. You'll you'll make it to another day. Uh, but I think it's a, I think it's a combination of things. Number one is just the logistical issues of servers and the extra cost involved in maintaining mm. multiplayer servers, especially when the multiplayer shooter space is dominated by only a couple of games like your Call of Duties, your Warzones, your Apex Legends, Fortnite, yeah. etc. And also, like you were mentioning with Ultra Kill specifically, that's one of the few you know modern. Uh, boomer shooter games I've actually played is that precise movement like you like you said doesn't really exist in multiplayer and I think part of that is just server logistics like there's always some amount of input lag when you're playing a multiplayer yeah. game and mm-hmm. if you're trying to base your game around this super fun exciting fluid movement like an ultra kill like that just won't really translate that well to a multiplayer yeah. environment so they're just like you know what let's just polish the shit out of this single player experience and make it infinitely replayable because it's such a skill focus in ultra kill which is one thing i love about it is that it gives you like you just can play it over and over and over again to get like maximum scores and really fine-tune your inputs and stuff and so you know i think if you're going to release a game for for 20 bucks without any multiplayer that's a really really good value proposition for uh for uh, one foot in the gravers like us. <laughs> That's gotta, an excellent point. I think, yeah. We got to get you playing more boomer shooters, Owen, because like it's it's a little it's a little disappointing that you haven't been putting in more time because there, there are some absolutely brilliant releases that have came out over the last few years. Oh, yeah. Have you played? Have you, John, have you played Rot? Yes, I love Rot. Oh, it's so good. Slob it's Quake. So it's good. so good. <laughs> it's so good and so weird. It's so weird, but that so is good. that is one Owen that I think that you would you would really dig because it is when Slavic I say it, Quake. When I say it's Slav Quake, it 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 is it's Slav Quake. Like it plays. Oh yeah, almost spot on. Like original Quake. Oh, absolutely Quake. down to the font. Down to the font choices. Yeah, it also just and looked, it's, it's, it looks. Very it's a completely. A completely original engine written in Pascal of Which all is things. So bizarre, so nutty. I don't know and why so Pascal much... was the, the language of choice, but it's so much interactivity, so many hidden details, and it's just so simple and straightforward. But it just feels and plays so good. But like, there's there's so many brilliant new boomer shooters out there i mean we we threw dusk around which i feel like dusk is the one that everyone knows like absolutely everyone like that was the big one dusk yeah you know, dusk a medieval, a medieval ion fury that's the, the trinity right there yeah uh i also i really like project warlock cultic Ooh. although I, I, oh, I cultic oh my god cultic is cultic is really really good although i, I that to me stretches the definition of boomer shooter a little bit because it's a little bit on the slower side and it's a little bit more methodical with like picking off enemies and less about like running around like a madman um sure harat is really 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 damn good there's so there's like almost too many names Salako isn't out yet but it like the demo my god had, right like literally Holy blew shit. my mind um the fact that that head on that that's a a gz doom game oh yeah, no way. Like you can only really see it in some of the animations and the way that things uh move in the game. Otherwise, the amount of work that they've put in to enhance the shit out of that. 
that's wild yeah there's there's just there's so many amazing games out there like like ones that i mean even um uh what is it called is a postal spinoff oh brain damage brain damage that's what it was i was like it's postal something i can't remember what the heck it is that is that is like to me peak you know uh Mm -hmm. peak boomer shooter another one that kind of stretches the boomer shooter uh definition because it's i would almost class it classify it more in the roguelike area but uh immortal redneck is really really fucking good i have wanted to play that for a while i have it it is it I have it, it but it i think that owen you would particularly like i immortal do really redneck. like roguelikes you really I like really roguelikes. like those and also it's 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 just by the very nature of how the game is, it's one of those things where like, if you have a free like 15, 20 minutes, you can just dump a little bit of time mm-hmm. into it and then walk away. You don't have to like dedicate huge swaths of time to it um, mm-hmm. to get your enjoyment out of it. But it, that is a super fun game. Um, there's just so many fantastic ones out there. If you haven't played it yet, I highly, highly recommend Incision. I need to play that. Yeah, that the movement mechanics in that are ridiculous. Like um, the the way that the game is structured is like each level you have to get through it in one go. And there are a couple of like extra life pickups throughout the level so that if you die, you, you know, you can zap right back to life, kind of Doom Eternal style. But the movement mechanics are so slick that I've found myself in some of the most chaotic situations I've ever found myself in and somehow got out on the other side. And I had no idea. They has a double jump. Now, this is amazing. It has a double jump. But if you hold down the jump button, you kind of float for half a second. You Yoshi like, it? You Yoshi it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that that when I discovered that mechanic, because it wasn't like told to you. But when I discovered that fucking game changer, <laughs> it is the the amount of crazy shit you can do with that game. Just from that Yoshi jump is so cool. You absolutely have to try that one out. I will like there are like we could sit here for a long ass time and just talk about all the like niche indie games that are coming out that are worth checking. Oh, out. yeah. Uh, I just realized the Steam Autumn sale literally started like an hour ago. Uh, so you can pick up so oh. you can pick up a bunch of these games that we've talked about if you're listening. Oh, no. Or Owen, you can go out there and you could pick up Immortal. Red I think Net I and- probably will. I have some uh, some holiday time off coming up, but I do have one. Another question for the both of you: mm-hmm. uh, Would you dis- would you say that the genre is undergoing a revival or a renaissance as of late? 100%. And then, oh, yeah. on top of that, does New Quake need to exist? I mean, that's like saying, does New Doom need to exist? You know, like no, not necessarily. Would it be great? Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah. like. You know, if you want to take a quick sort of analogy to movies, for example, like, okay, we've got all kinds of like uh, uh, great films coming out. Do we necessarily need a new Ghostbusters movie? I mean, maybe not. Is it kind of cool that there's a new Ghostbusters movie coming out? Yeah. Am I going to be there for it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, like... It's like, you know, yeah, we have all of these great boomer shooters that are filling filling in this niche and filling this demand. But I'm not going to say no to, you know, 
the OGs coming out of retirement to like show these young snappers how it's done. You know, absolutely. And the the nice thing is that with the way that the boomer shooter uh, scene is structured right now, that climate is that a game like Quake coming back. If we were to get a new Quake, it wouldn't diminish the accomplishments or the resurgence or continued efforts of other games indie developers putting out these shooters like if anything it would just kind of rally the community and be like holy shit new quake came out well that, it's it's it doesn't create a competition i yeah. guess is what i'm trying to say that's something that i love so much about the boomer shooter community is that like so much of like you look at like the fighting game community and people are like at each other's throats about the games like like Street mm. Fighter's better, Mortal Kombat's better, fucking Skullgirls oh is better, God. like whatever the fuck. Like right, 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 right. Smash Brothers is better. Like whatever the hell the fighting game community is fighting over this week. Uh mm-hmm. but the boomer shooter community, it's almost like like everyone is just excited to be playing the games. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, like, you know, you can go up to anyone in the boomer shooter community for the most part, and you and you can be like, hey, you should check this game out. And mm-hmm. they're going to go check it out because they just love they love the genre. They love that style of game. And everyone is just so super excited to be getting new games of that style. So like, yeah. if a quake, if a quake comes out, all that's going to do is because it is a bigger, more recognizable name. It's just going to introduce more, more people to the boomer shooter community. And mm-hmm. it, it might, you know, as you were saying, it will encourage people to go out and maybe check out some of these other things. Um, mm-hmm. some of these other games you know a new quake comes out i guarantee you that you know there will probably be a dusk reference in it i wouldn't be yeah. surprised you know and so then people are going to be like i'm going to go check out dusk and that's another thing about the boomer shooter community is they they've started like referencing each other you've started having characters from different games appearing as like you know skins and shit in or like you know we all have our rallying references that we all get and we're all like, you know, including like dope fish is in like fucking every goddamn boomer shooter yes. at this point. <laughs> uh, like it's just it's such a fantastic community and it's so inclusive of not just people, but of new projects that. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it's a reason why I'm, you know, because I, I do quite a bit of game development. At least I did back in the day when I had time. And I, I so desperately want to make a boomer shooter. And it's because I feel like there is no community that is more deserving. Not necessarily to say that more deserving of my development. Like I'm some super <laughs> great thing. But like they are a community that I want to make a game for. Right. You feel very welcomed just being a part of it. And, and you're, you already – hit all the points where we've got all of our references. We've got all of our in jokes. We're constantly hyping each other up in this community. And um, the fact that there is such a variety of different games within the boomer shooter category right now, with so many variations on a theme that you could have people who are all about ultra kill, who are also going like, you see this game over here called Arcos that basically looks like Super Nintendo Heretic? It's so fucking cool. It's all voxels. You should go play it. Like, and Arcos is a great game, by the way. There, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's, it's, it literally is Super Nintendo Heretic. Everything is built on voxels. Everything is destructible in the game. It's super short and cutesy. There's a, uh, there's a fucking, um, 
sequel that is being uh, worked on right now and is coming out is one of my great favorite surprises that I found uh, in the last couple of years. And if I wasn't so into the community and like working on the channel that I've got, it's something that I wouldn't have found. So I was very grateful to be within that scene and people talking about different things and be like, look, this looks like it's, you know, from a 16-bit era and maybe the enemies look kind of cutesy maybe they look kind of childish or whatever but the gameplay is really good the design is really good this is just a good time to have and the number of people who go back and forth from the like ultra kill to the arcos to the dusk to the cultic to everything in between all recommending and playing each other's shit is so just it's just welcoming and it's so positive it's so positive yeah well, it's probably another advantage to the genre being kind of dominated by indie developers at the moment. This isn't to like shit on any future new Quake game because I would love a future new Quake game. It was just, it was just right. a question. But, you know, obviously there's a cost aspect. If you're going to play a ton of video games, you got to have a little bit of cash. And mm-hmm. the fact that most indie games cost like, you know, half price or a quarter the price of a, of a modern AAA game seems like that helps it thrive a little bit by just having more affordable indie games that people can just pick up and play without a huge um, barrier to entry. And with like a lower fidelity graphic game like that, you don't even need a super nice machine in order to actually play that game. No, that is another like great entry point for that is maybe your computer's a couple of years older. Like, no, these things can run on potatoes too. And also like just on top of that, like, Something that we haven't mentioned yet that has been huge for boomer shooters across the board for a long time, because like right now we we have this influx of new boomer shooter games. But it's worth remembering that for for the longest time, for the vast majority of the genre's existence, there weren't a ton of games coming out. So the community basically had to subsist off of mods and levels being made for like doom and quake you know you had ultimate doom builder coming out and trench broom coming out for quake and you know all these tools that made developing stuff for these games very easy and so we just get an influx of new doom episodes and new you know weapon packs and things of that nature which has which kind of kept the community on life support for a long time and you know Mm. after the the craze kind of died down at the beginning of the new millennium um so like even if like if you are short on cash or you have a machine that isn't great if you do want to get into some gaming you can also just look through the literal decades worth of like doom mods and just find new stuff i mean i i still to this day am making doom levels like that's something that i do in my very sparse free time like mm-hmm. I sometimes will just find myself sitting there with a copy of ultimate doom builder, even though I don't put levels out, I have yet to release a level, but I'll sit there and I'll just dink around and build areas and be like, Hey, check this out. This is, this looks really cool. And I'm having a lot of fun with this. It's there's, there's so many different ways that you can engage with boomer shooters as a genre and boomer shooters as a community. Um, that it's just, you will be hard pressed to run out of stuff to do. No, that is an excellent point. There is literally something for everyone. And no matter where you turn, you're going to find something that will interest you. And for for context, I think the most expensive off the top of my head that I can think of, the most expensive boomer shooter that I know of is Ultra Kill and it's 25 bucks. Yeah, there might 10 to be, 25, I think there might be some that are more expensive, but I don't know them. 
See, that's that's uh, no, please don't open Epic Game Store. Don't. That's not what I want. Ew. I was trying to click <laughs> on. Ew, I was ew. trying to click on Steam. No, don't do it. Just go away. I only have go Epic away. Game Store just for Unreal Engine. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, like yeah, most of so uh, my friendly neighborhood. I wouldn't put that in the boomer shooter category, even though it's like, you know, it's kind of adjacent. But that's like thirty dollars. Nah, um, yeah, that like I think thirty dollars is a rarity. Thirty dollars is the high out. end. Like the most expensive is going to be that yeah. at most. You're looking at yeah. like ten to twenty dollars for most boomer yeah, shooters. Yeah, ten to I th- twenty five occasionally. I think like before I looked up that number, I would have said very solidly 25 is the cap yeah obviously yeah, like, no, this it, doesn't this doesn't count like doom eternal which you know right no no not absolutely not or even like i think maybe was postal brain damage was was a might, might have been a little bit pricier maybe just because of the pedigree uh with hyper strange does the postal, postal series it doesn't have pedigree <laughs> i mean it's it, a recognizable it, I mean, name the, the whether it's depending it's pedigree it's still it's still pedigree regardless of the quality of the pedigree. so postal brain damage is uh normal price is 20 bucks okay wow all right that's fantastic uh postal four is a little bit more expensive i believe but that mm-hmm. that's not a boomer shooter no uh that's just a that's a postal game it's its own thing um it's a which i i, so I do I, have i have to sit down and play postal four i have it i just haven't played it yet i do have uh one more quake related question for you guys i'm very curious to get your opinion for a hypothetical future quake game for the single player campaign what would you like to see more of? Would you like to see more of a continuation of Quake 1, the more like Lovecraftian, gothic sort of setting? Or would you rather see the Quake 2, Quake 4, more science fiction-y alien setting? I would like to see a meeting of the minds. Um, I, I'm leaning more towards the Lovecraftian because we've gotten the Strog, we've gotten the Quake 2, we've gotten the Quake 4. But Quake 2 with the remaster introduced a lot of concepts that there are, there are connections there that it's not just these two separate worlds that there are connections there. And, um, you know, if you look at like quake three and quake champions, there's all, there's a lot of blending of that kind of like cybernetic slash technological, but also very eldritch Lovecraftian world. Yeah. Um, I love quake three's aesthetics and I would like to, I would, if, if, if I had to pick one or the other without there being a, an option to blend, I would lean more towards the Lovecraftian, towards the Eldritch, more Quake 1 style. But I would love to see it done with the aesthetics of like Quake 3, where it's moving into a more technological sort of setting, but very entrenched in that like Eldritch Lovecraftian universe. Yeah, I'm kind of of the same mind on that. I would, in a perfect world, I would like to see if we're going to get another single player quake game, have it finally bridge the two like stories. And there are, there are ties in there that they can build off of. Um, Yeah. Obviously with call of the machine, uh, the new episode for uh, quake two that was created by night dive. I actually got the naming wrong when I was referring to the machine games expansion pack for quake one, that's dimension of the machine. 
Uh, That's right. But Call of the Machine is actually like a pseudo sequel to Dimension Mm -hmm. of the Machine. Like it directly references it. So there is there's a connection there if you choose to build upon it. And also there's like little small things like, for instance, the Strog logo appears on crates in the original Quake. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a little detail that people don't always remember. Um, Right. and, And Scourge of Armagon. There is, I remember because one thing that I've been toying with, like just mentally is like a fun brain exercise is like, Mm -hmm. okay, if I was doing an id cinematic universe, what would it look like? And my idea was always to do like, okay, well, you started off with a Quake film, but it's Quake 2 story. Mm -hmm. And like you, you build this upon it. And I was like, okay, you would use elements of Scourge of Armagon to bring in the Lovecraftian elements. Mm-hmm. because okay. there's there's a lot to do with like the slip gates and like there's there's a lot of possibilities that you could build upon um but if i had to pick between the two i would pick the lovecraftian just simply because we haven't seen it in a while i yeah i'm gonna get lynched for saying this i prefer <laughs> the strong stuff personally okay. but we've gotten two games of that we've gotten one game of the lovecraftian yeah so I do. I do enjoy the strong stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I I um, I'm a big Star Trek guy. So they remind me a lot of like the Borg. Yeah. Um, they also remind me a lot of that. Uh, that movie, I think it was from 99, 98 uh, sci fi horror flick with Jamie Lee Curtis called Virus. Virus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. That's that's my people right here. I somebody um, tweeted about Virus earlier today and I was like, why the fuck did you bring up Virus? out of nowhere jesus yeah so strong remind me a lot of that and i like all those concepts um and i and i don't dislike the notion of having another strong game but i'm with you john in that we've gotten a couple of strong technically three strong games we got quake one quake four we got enemy territory as well you know we got that little one that i always forget about enemy territory yeah because we want to forget about that one it just wasn't well received. I just not a lot of people it. enjoy. It, yeah, it. I just full on memory hold it. Like you bring it up, and I remember that it existed. But mm-hmm. I, I just didn't if, play. If you it asked because... me to list all the Quake games, that wouldn't have come up. So mm-hmm. it came out in two thousand seven, and in two thousand seven, I was like, that was like peak Halo for me. That was right. two thousand seven was actually the summer Owen that we that we spent every weekend. We were over at your place with all of the with all the bros hooking up our tvs and playing halo 2 all weekend long so like we didn't have time for enemy territory i wish i could i wish it was available still because i never got to play it i only heard terrible things about it but it's not available anywhere anymore so unless well, you, know, you, you go, can always probably, sail the high seas and I, and i'm sure that somebody has that. community servers too. up <laughs> i know that they i know that there are there are community servers for uh wolfenstein enemy territory so uh well also uh anime territory got brought back onto steam as well i believe it's a did it i believe it's a free download still if i remember correctly i need to look this up yeah yeah well to uh to briefly to briefly answer my own question that i asked you guys i think i'm with you that if you can find a way to blend the two that would be perfect Mm -hmm. but i always loved the lovecraftian aesthetic of quake one and even though I prefer the the gameplay and the weapons and all that stuff from Quake Two, the difference was always jarring to me, even as a kid. That it like 
the games looked so different and mm-hmm. felt so different. I always assume that they just thought that uh, Quake One having that having those elements was like too similar to Doom because Doom was supposed to be like hell on earth, even though they had like more techno stuff. What mm-hmm. it was was I, they, I, I can't claim to know. Quake Two was originally supposed to be its own thing. Um, yeah, but they couldn't like settle on a name or any of the branding and it was coming down to the wire and they were just like, fuck it, call it quake two because it was, it was directly built upon the technology of quake one. And so Mm -hmm. internally they were already calling it quake two just because they just were like, it's built upon the basis of quake one, but it was always in the intention to be, in fact, the name that they were throwing around was war W O R. Yeah. Um, which is a terrible name. A terrible name. Uh, that is just that is just bad for SEO. Um, this is what happens when you don't have John Romero around. There is that. Uh, I wasn't going to say it, but, you know, so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then it just became Quake just because they were just like, yeah, sure, fine, fuck it. And it's worth remembering that Quake as a series, like what Quake, what we know Quake as is not what Quake was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Quake was supposed the to fight be for like, justice. Yeah, for the longest while, Quake was envisioned as like an action RPG. Quake was going to be the character that you play as. He was going to have a fuck all hammer uh, that shoots electricity. Like it was this whole thing. It was based on the id D&D games. Mm -hmm. Effectively what it was. But then they, you know, they spent all this time developing the technology and suddenly they're like, oh, shit, we have to ship something or else like we're going to go broke. So it like very quickly and like their deal with gt interactive and everything for publishing they were just like we're coming up to a deadline so like let's just do what we do best and they just basically made doom but through the lens of sandy peterson as opposed to through romero's lens yeah wasn't there some kind of electro demonic wasn't there like an electro hammer weapon in one of the mission packs yeah there's a thor's hammer i think it's i think it's uh, specifically called the mjolnir that was a desolute desolution desolation of dissolution of eternity. Yeah, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I'm not as well versed with the mission packs, um, to be honest. I played a lot of Neither- Spirit of Armagon and then I was like, I'm gonna go play the other one, and then I never did. Yeah, I've never played fully through any of the mission packs. Like when the remaster came out, I played a bunch of multiplayer, so I'm more familiar with like the weapons now. But I've never played through those campaigns. I'm like, I'm like, this is my year. I'm going to go through all the mission packs for Quake 1 and Quake 2. I'm going to experience everything. I'm going to go through it, and I'm going to – I'm just, I'm just going to finally I, do it. I, I played through all of them back in the day, so I know that I've mm-hmm. beaten them all at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I remember I was doing a playthrough of Quake on uh, the Quake Spasm source, end, or source port, and I beat – the the base game and then i beat scourge of armagon and i was like okay i'm gonna move on to the next mission pack and then the quake remaster dropped and i was like well now i have to play through the base game again to Uh like experience the remaster and then that just killed all like all drive to yeah oh wow i get that mansion so and then i had to do dimensions of the past and dimensions of the machine and so i was like okay at that point i'm quaked out I need to take a break. One point that I want to circle back around when you were talking about how Quake was not actually what Quake was envisioned to be in the beginning. Um, when John Romero left and he went and made Daikatana, that's, that's actually closer. closer to his original vision for better and for worse. And I know everyone has their differing 
of feelings and opinions on Daikatana, but that's that's as close as we're ever going to get to the original yeah. Quake. I will say I will say this about Daikatana: cringy marketing aside, if you mm-hmm. play it today with all the like yes. community fixes and all those sort of things, it is not bad now. Not in the slightest. Unless I, you're trying to play Daikatana 64, in which case uh, you should stop before you I like, cannot, hurt yourself. I will not endorse that as if, an endeavor. If you are trying I, to play that version of the game, I am legitimately worried for your mental health. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that game, like, like, you are either someone, you either don't know any better, or you are like a sadomasochist who is like physically trying to hurt yourself. Or Can you imagine if Night G-Man. Dive... Can you imagine if Night Dive somehow did the remat did or got to uh, the rights to do a remaster of Daikatana. And then they threw that in there. Here's Daikatana 64, just like with the other two quake remasters. Who, who owns the rights? I think Daikatana. it's 10 cent. I've been actually, okay. So well, because like Ion storm got folded into Eidos. That's right. So Eidos, so it'd be Eidos Bracer owns group, it, wouldn't it? So Embracer owns it, but Embracer's gotten rid of like a lot of the Eidos IP. Oh yeah, I like who would have Daikatana. This is my this maybe Romero Games has it, and we just don't know about it. I don't think he does. I don't think he does because um, he would probably have done something with it. He would have done something like he would have let Night Dive or somebody. I have a I have a recurring daydream fantasy. I would love to find a way to figure out what it would cost to buy the rights to buy the IP from Embracer. And I would love to find a way to then get it into John Romero's hands and go and be like redo. I uh, let's let let's let like either a redo or a sequel. Well, like so. So better I'm start just, a GoFundMe page. So my my I've got I've got this great fantasy where it's like here's this game trailer right you you don't know what it is it's just this like here we're gonna we're gonna put out this game it's called chrono slayer and then you see all this like time traveling action and all this stuff is happening and it's like very vague it's just presented um very straightforward but it looks really cool it looks like a lot of fun then right near the very end of the trailer you get to see hero from daikatana and it's the revelation like this is daikatana 2 and you know then in the very end of the trailer someone's like hero we got to get out of here and he just turns around and goes I can't leave without my buddy Superfly. <laughs> I feel like home <laughs> crowd feel goes like wild. You you end that trailer. To, it's completely tongue in cheek. You end that trailer with just on screen text that just says John Romero's about to make you his bitch again. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That's what I'm talking about, my guy. Even though oh he hates he hates that marketing campaign. He does. To this he day, really he's does like, that. that was not my idea. Oh yeah, he was so like I don't know, man. Is this gonna and someone like uh, I think it was God. What was his name? Mike Allred, Mike something. Yeah, but he literally he said, "John, don't be a pussy." Yeah, that's that's a great way to make business decisions. (laughs) Right? Seriously, I would love to do a retrospective on like old school video game advertising because it used to be wild. Oh, wild oh, shit yeah, that so they would much. do that they would never do again and it would be fun to look back and compile some of the craziest video game marketing campaigns i've I'm been like, doing some 
work on a marathon two video and I looked up one of the old advertisements for that game. And it's just this guy sitting in this like weird monochrome brown and gray light, kind of almost like quake texture lighting. And he's just sitting there in front of this computer screen. And it's very apparent that he's completely naked and you can't tell if he's like, like humping the computer screen or it is like attacking his crotch or whatever. But it just says like, you will never see PC gaming in another light or something like that. And it's just like, who, who was, who was in charge of this advertising back in the day? Cause there were so many ads like that. They were really just trying to appeal to uh, teenage boys at the time, I think. Well, and then there was like, there was a game boy advertising campaign. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it was like implying that like teenagers were going like teenage boys were going to like pass up sex to play Game Boy or something along those lines. I need to actually look it up and I need to try to find it. It's it, Yeah, I, I want to see that one. I saw it one I, time. I, I, it was so bizarre. Nintendo didn't read the room on that one for sure. Well, I mean, Nintendo doesn't read the room a lot. Um, this is also very true. I could go on. I could go on quite the uh, quite the rant about my opinions on nintendo but i will keep it to myself so this episode that was about that was supposed to be about quake very quickly just turned into a general boomer shooter discussion and uh i don't <laughs> i don't hate it to be honest uh no. but we should probably wrap Quake's it up a really are, good entry point yeah we it are, is a really good yeah we are kind of getting long in the tooth here so we should probably wrap things up i will say uh if you are at all interested in boomer shooters and you want to learn about the history sort of like the genesis of it you should 100 read masters of doom by david easily done absolutely Um, co-signed also uh john romero had his book that just came out uh doom guy doom guy that's right i read it and it was pretty good i don't know why the title escaped me um that's also uh, another great one to to uh cliffy b cliffy b also just put out his book not too long ago control free i need to read that um cliffy b cliff cliff blazinski uh is the unreal guy so (laughs) kind of a kind of a big deal on the other side of the the great boomer war of 1990 mm-hmm. whenever the fuck uh 98 i think was when unreal 90. came out we're gonna be unreal. in the literal boomer wars soon just be careful <sighs> yeah let's not talk about that um that is a whole other can of worms that we don't that's know. a different podcast that's a yeah. that's a political podcast <laughs> so we're not that uh but anyways uh as we wrap things up there's one thing that i need to know uh ranger where can people find you on the internet you can find me on youtube uh ruby ranger just look for me i finally am one of the few first things that pop up there for some reason for the longest time if you tried to search ruby ranger uh sorry for the leaf blower outside (laughs) they're doing things um there like there would pop up someone named ruby granger some like like a very young redheaded singer, I think. Anyways, but you can find me on YouTube, Ruby Ranger. You can find me on Twitter slash x dot com slash whatever the hell you want to call it. It's Twitter. Um, Screw you, Elon. It's, it's Twitter. Twitter. I will always refer to it as Twitter. I will call it guy. X if he faces off against David Oshry and wins. Done. Sold. Sold. I'm virtually shaking your hand on that right now. I, I will, will call, call it X. X. That is the only time that I will call it X is when that happens. When uh, happens. YouTube. 
Twitter, and uh, I also have a Patreon. Um, it, you know, I've I do all this in my off time. So if if you kids get out there and you check out some of my videos, you like what I do, uh, subscribe, share the videos. If you feel like a dollar a month on the Patreon, that definitely helps me collect resources so I can do more of this. That that's generally where you guys are going to be able to find me. And I mean, definitely go check out his stuff. His I'm a particular fan of the history of FPS series that you got. Um, thank you that's like if you want like the long form deep dives into like specific titles that's the way to go i mean your hexen video is like what like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that hour 40 yeah yeah longest uh, thing i've done so far so owen like that's right up your alley mr i like ridiculously long youtube videos i know i'm gonna go watch that when i get home today because <laughs> i remember <laughs> oh playing yeah hope you enjoy and it's so not part I, I of, went, it's not part of your history of FPS series, but uh your Doom 3 video is also like an hour twenty or something like that. Yeah, it was. I did not mean to do that either. I just <laughs> I found so much to talk about and it just spiraled. So I'm just like, you know what? We're here, we're doing a thing, here's the video, and God bless. That video is is uh largely the reason why you're even like why you're here right now. Um, oh, thank you. Because like we got talking about the Doom 3 shotgun. And uh-huh. the idea of having a debate, which we do need to do, we need to get people together and we need to have a debate on whether or not Absolutely. the Doom 3 shotgun is good or not. Oh, and do you have an opinion on the Doom 3 shotgun? Uh, it's been so long since I've uh, played Doom 3 with the Doom 3 shotgun, but I remember it being not very satisfying to use. It is trash, but he disagrees. <laughs> I love that shotgun. I think if you approach Doom 3 as a horror game and the shotgun is a horror shotgun, it is magnificent. I think that it is the one weak point in an otherwise spectacular arsenal of weaponry. Really? Even like even compared to the machine gun, like the, the machine gun in that game is just so piddly. I I like the shotgun or the machine gun almost purely because of the sound. Let's be honest. <laughs> it is, I'll it give is you that, satisfying yeah. to fire. I'll um, give you that for sure. But anyways, yes, go, go ahead and check out Ruby Ranger stuff out there. I just uh, went and subscribe, so. Yeah. Oh, dude! Thank you so much. Yeah, like, of course. Are you, did you get to two thousand subscribers yet? No. no, I'm close. I'm at like nineteen. I think nineteen forty six now with Owen's subscription. Um, my goal is two thousand by the end of the year. I think I might even, you know, if I'm if I'm getting close, I think maybe next month I might sit down and do a uh, a live stream and just play Daikatana until I hit two thousand subscribers. One hundred percent, you should get over there and, and do beautiful that. plan. This is Ruby's channel. When I found out that he like was only that size, it honestly blew my mind because the quality of content that you put out is just is light years ahead of the stuff you would expect from a channel that is less than, you know, 5000 subs. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I put you on the same level as like Trav guy and Civvy. Oh, God like thank you that's that's high praise that's high praise because like i i those two are the guys who are are like no one does it better than civvy and trav no one brings that kind of energy like trav does so like you know those two are really really high up in my opinion so to be even remotely uh mentioned in the same breath as them is very humbling so i thank you i really appreciate that well so if you know of those two creators you you will absolutely love Ruby stuff. Owen, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can't find me anywhere except if you're searching for a mattress review, then you'll find a lot of me. So just putting that out there. 
Yeah. Uh, Owen is not really a social I'm a media ghost. guy. I'm a ghost. <laughs> He's not really a social <laughs> media guy. Which to my like, detriment, I am. I am a. I am a ghost. But uh, I'm gonna as a and, as a media professional, that. being that impossible to find on the internet is is a detriment. At some point, someday you'll you'll put those videos out that you've been talking about for literal years. <laughs> someday. I'm I'm in the same boat though, so I'm right there with you. You can find me uh in quite a few places on the internet. You can find me on Twitter. I am uh, at Bender Waffles, B-E-N-D-E-R-W-A-F-F-L-E-S. You can also find me almost daily. Uh I'm not on every single day, but on the show Collider Dailies on the Collider Extras YouTube channel at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh you can find me sitting there talking movie news, all kinds of good stuff, alongside a whole bunch of spectacular uh entertainment journalists so you should definitely jump on that and check that out if you liked me sitting here rambling nonsensically about a bunch of bullshit you'll like that show because it's me rambling nonsensically about a bunch of bullshit but in a smaller bite-sized form because it's only about 15 to 30 minutes as opposed to the hour and a half that we've been going now so get over there check all that stuff out ranger Thanks again for coming on. It's been a blast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you both great for time. for having me, guys. Uh, I always love the opportunity to talk about retro games, which is why I do my channel and Quake in specific. So, thank you very much for having me. I've I've had a blast, and we definitely need to have that roundtable, my dude. Oh, for I'm, sure. I'm looking forward to defending that shotgun. We'll have to. We'll have to like figure out. I don't know whose channel that would go on, but we'll we'll have to like get it worked you have out have, you should have competing videos john you're talking about how terrible it is and ruby can talk about how good it is That's and you can like idea. reference each other or something i don't know <laughs> be sure to tune in for whatever the hell it is that we talk about next week whether it's doctor who or some other random thing i don't know we'll figure it out i'm still working on schedule it's thank it's the week of thanksgiving just give me a yeah. break here although you're listening to this after thanksgiving i hope you had a wonderful turkey day uh happy turkey day yeah that all being said I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, day, whatever the hell you're doing. And uh, stay safe out there. And we'll see you next time. I don't know why I looked into the camera while I was doing that because this is an audio only podcast. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's natural. It's natural. natural.